0: Welcome back to the Wheel Take Sally podcast. As always, I'm Nick, and I'm joined by my brother Andy here. Uh, this is episode 13. For this week, we'll be doing uh, our best and favorite experiences that we've had at different NHL arenas, as well as any minor league arenas that we've been to, and uh, I've actually even had some college experiences as well, so we'll be talking about that um, in our episode. Um, lately, we, Mandy, me and Andy have just been busy. Uh, I recently just went to Cortland. Uh, I'm a junior here at Cortland. Uh, You know, I'm in a sport management program, so I've just been busy with school. And Andy has just been busy with work. So our schedules have conflicted a lot, which is why this episode is late. Um, But the good news is, is in this time, we're able to get a guest on the show. Uh, We reached out to him. He's our cousin, Greg. And uh, we reached out to him with this idea, and he was interested with joining us. So He's here with us today and uh, I'll pass it on to him to just introduce himself. You muted Greg. Hello?
1: There you, you go. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
2: Jesus Christ. It ain't a podcast <laughs> it's some
0: first first day <laughs> technical difficulty. To, to be honest, yeah. Greg, I was I was muted and I couldn't even figure out why. It took me 15 minutes, so don't even worry
2: about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, hey guys. Uh I'm Greg. I'm Andy and Nick's cousin, like you said. Uh big hockey fan, a lot of experience going to different arenas watching hockey playing hockey so yeah I'm really excited to uh you know finally jump on a pod with you guys and uh and uh you know talk some hockey man
1: (laughs) you can you can share your team you want to share your team
2: oh yeah I'm a Bruins fan so let the, let the booze rain in there. <laughs> could be worse. could be worse. You could be a Tampa fan.
0: At least you're not the bandwagon Tampa fan.
2: Yeah. Which is, uh, you know, my dad now, but it's not okay. so much a bandwagon. They're, they're no. here affiliated with, uh, cause I live in Syracuse. So, uh, Tampa's affiliated with the AHL team here and he's the team dentist so he knows a lot of the players and stuff as they've gone up through the uh through the system and uh so I guess I'd give him a pass on that.
0: <laughs> we'll allow it as well. We'll give him a pass. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, but Greg, what are some of the uh, experiences you've had just, um, at NH- NHL or, or, uh, AHL level, any, any level? What are some of the experiences that you've enjoyed that you want to share here today?
2: Uh, well, honestly, um, probably my, I mean, to start off like with the best, um, probably the best atmosphere that I was in at like a, uh, professional level of, uh, hockey was honestly at the, uh, world cup of hockey in, up in Toronto, me and my dad went to that in 2016 and we went to, uh, the, uh, air Canada center as it was, uh, called back then. I don't think it's called that now. But, um, yeah, we went to the World Cup of Hockey. We went to see the U.S. play Team Europe. And, honestly, the um, United States team just, like, laid an egg for the entire tournament. I don't think they won a single game. Um, But it was cool. You know, we got to see all those uh, American boys there. Like, uh, Patty Kane was there. Uh, Ryan McDonough, uh, TJ Oshi was there. Um, but they got beat by that scrappy Team Europe that actually clawed its way to the finals of that tournament, which was kind of a shocker. Um, and they beat the US, I believe, in a shutout, which was three-nothing. And then um later that day, Canada was playing the Czech Republic. And, uh, you know, Canada's roster that year was absolutely loaded with, like, you know, Crosby, Martian, Stamkos. Um, I mean... Was McKinnon on their team? too? No, McKinnon was playing for Team North America, which, honestly, I'm kind of like... Uh, oh, yeah, that was the age thing, wasn't it? Yeah, it was... That was like the separate 23 and under team, which was that's right, um, Americans and Canadians. So, um, yeah, we saw Canada play the Czech Republic, um, and Canada just like rocked them. I believe it was like a six nothing game, but you know, you got a bunch of like drunken Canadians there in toronto um just going berserk the whole time the atmosphere was like electric the arena was going nuts because canada was like lighting it up and just like taking it to the checks and it was just a lot of fun from what i remember you know it was a really awesome experience to experience uh you know, hockey in its homeland, you know, on like, I mean, it's like NHL players, but on like a nationals, well, international stage, which was really cool. So that probably is yeah. almost the best
1: experience. It reminds me of just like soccer in like Europe, I, I imagine. It just like yeah. everybody just li- literally breathes and lives that, that sport, especially when it's live like that
2: yeah yeah and I remember like leading up to uh you know walking outside I mean we spent the whole day in Toronto like downtown Toronto and like everybody was just like decked out in Canada jerseys and stuff um people going nuts outside of the um arena just waiting to get in you know, and then that obviously transferred to, um, you know, inside the arena for the game. And like I said, it was a blowout and, you know, Canada just rocked them and everybody was going nuts and having a great time. So.
0: Well, and the other thing, too, is like international play as, com- as compared to as, you know, if it was just the NHL you know, people will root more for their homeland than I would say their favorite team. So I could only imagine the atmosphere there in Toronto with Canada playing. And, you know, there's always a rivalry between the U.S. and Canada. So I'm sure people in attendance who were watching the USA game were probably happy to see, uh, you know, the U.S. lay an egg. So I would bet that that was quite an atmosphere to be in, even though there wasn't too much of a a stage I'd say like a playoff game sometimes you know th- those crowds go wild but international yeah. play I've not been to and I bet the atmosphere was just more exciting than than a, a, an NHL atmosphere
2: yeah and you know 2016 was the first world cup of hockey since I believe 2002 yeah. so like everybody yeah. was amped up for that to come back and you know I think Toronto was like the perfect place to to host that and you know welcome that back in so you know i'm sure people from really all over the world flew in to watch that but especially canadians where you know everybody puts aside like their um you know local rooting interests you know like Leafs fans and Habs fans are like getting together to root for Canada, you know, because everybody's on the same team. So right,
0: right, and and that's basically
2: electric.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and that's basically what I was saying is like you're gonna base you're gonna have people who just root for their home country, which I would say is more extreme than than rooting for say the Habs or Leafs. You know, they put aside their rivalries and just said, you know, we're all from Canada here. Let's just root the hell out of them tonight and just, uh, you know, have a fun time. And like you said, it's, it was the first one and it sounded like 14 years. So I I think it was a good idea to have it in Toronto and being there. I kind of wish I actually went now, you know, it sounded like a lot of fun.
2: Yeah. I mean, it was only, it, it was literally the first day of games. So it wasn't like a knockout game or anything with like, you know, a little additional, uh, you know, way sort of edge to uh, the game or the result or whatever. But I think just, you know, Canadians, especially shout out to Canada. We're like really excited and just like going nuts for that.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I've always, I haven't been to an international game at all but I would I would kill to go to a U.S.-Canada game, even if it was in Canada, because that, I feel like, would be an atmosphere, especially if it's an elimination game. That would be such an experience, more so than the NHL. Um, like, what was it in, I think, 2018, when uh, the women's teams were playing in the gold medal match, and we won in a shootout. Uh, I I was watching that game live, but I wish I was there, especially on the uh, shootout winner that the United States had. Um, I forget the the female's name that scored, but uh, the move she put on the the Canadian goaltender just absolutely undressed her and scored and her celebration was just a quick. She had one leg up and she did a fist bump and then suddenly everybody was just mauling her like they normally do and uh, you know it's 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 that sort of like reaction. If you're watching on the TV where you're just like, holy crap, I wish I was there. And like the goosebumps set in, you know, I've always wanted to go to an international game, especially if it's U.S. versus Canada.
2: Yeah, unfortunately, I didn't get to see a U.S. versus Canada. And honestly, with the way the U.S. played in that tournament and the way Canada did, I feel like it would have been ugly. I (laughs) I wouldn't have been too (laughs) happy with the result. But, you know, NHL players being there, you know, it's like, you know, the the players that you're familiar with on, like, an, um, you know, an international stage, you know, playing for their home country. So, yeah, I'm looking at the Canadian roster now. It's like Carey Price was the goalie, Drew Doughty. Uh, you know, as a Bruins fan, Berkey, Patrice Bergeron was on that team. I know you guys are big Claude Giroux fans, so he was yeah. on that team. Um, Wow. this. Sammer, I think he said. Yeah, this lineup is yeah, – I, I, I mean, it, it, it I'm looking it. at it right now. It, it, it makes sense that they just, like, you know, wrecked this tournament. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it was uh, nice Nick, to,
0: to have that in, in Canada. What were you going to say? Yeah,
1: yeah. Now, Nick, to your point previously about like really just wishing to be there, like almost you were really experiencing FOMO there. First of all, any international sport is uh, one of the top things on my bucket list: Olympics, winter, summer, otherwise, uh, FIFA World Cup, any of that stuff. I want to be going to some international sports down the road, especially hockey, obviously, but. Um, no, back to the fear of missing out though I had a uh, English teacher in high school who I found out in her last year of teaching before she retired and one of my last days of, of being in her class I found out that her husband went to the Miracle on Ice game and offered her wow. the second ticket that she, that he had and she didn't it was just one of those things that didn't appeal to her. She said, "Go out and take one of your friends." I <laughs> like a what? My jaw dropped in the classroom. <laughs> <laughs> oh my like, god! You
2: could have been at that game. <laughs> oh so, my god! <laughs> so what's
0: what's really funny about that game is a lot of people misconstrue that as the gold medal match. The gold medal, yeah. Exactly, it wasn't. That was to get into the gold medal, and I think yep. we played Finland in the gold medal and we beat them. So that yep. was one misconception, yes. and I've actually played at a um, a Can-Am tournament, a Canadian-American tournament, and it's usually held in in Lake Placid, and um, we played in the the uh, rink that that game was played on. And you're just like, it's say, like sacred. You probably like, yeah, feel like exactly. you Shouldn't be there. Yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> it would be like if you know a high school in England got to play at Wembley Stadium you know, just a really well-known, uh, you know, soccer uh, field that, that, you know, is sacred to people, you know, and that's what it felt like, like you're playing the game, but, uh, at the time, what, 30, around 40 years ago is where the, the miracle on ice happened, like on the ice you're skating on. Um, it it was unbelievable experience. And I loved, uh, that tournament. And what was also cool about that tournament was, each locker room was named after uh, the countries. So you like you would come in, your coach would be like, hey, man, we're in we're in the uh, Finland locker room or hey, we're in the Canadian locker room. Swedish. Or, we're going to be in cool. the Swedish shirt. It was really cool. I loved how they set it up. It was quite the experience. And you guys didn't get
2: stuck in the Soviet locker room. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> i don't think so C-C-C-P. I, I, yeah right that's when like yeah. the alarms start going off like oh god we're in the soviets locker room yeah
0: yeah like, no, i don't want to be in here you know that's like, the away theme <laughs> locker the last time the soviets <laughs> were here they got they lost to the americans so it's like we don't want to be in this locker room we're gonna lose for in it <laughs> but uh but no i would if i was that english teacher and i would have That might have been my biggest regret in life. I don't know know any of her other decisions, but... To her credit,
1: man, she didn't know what she was missing out on. So it's not the worst loss in life, but...
0: Yeah. Yeah. As
1: an outsider, hearing... I mean, that just pains me to hear those words coming out of of anybody's mouth. I mean, not a lot of people were at that game to start with. So the mere fact that you had a chance at all to be there is... Um, you know, a, a sort of a feat in and of itself, I would say.
2: Um, yeah, that actually, like, kind of hurt me personally hearing you yeah, say yeah. that, Andy. I, yeah, I
1: almost didn't want to bring it up. <laughs> 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 no, nah, that's a good one, great. That's a really good one to start with. I actually didn't know that you had any international um, viewing experience. Yeah,
2: yeah, it, that's was, awesome. it was a lot of fun. For sure,
0: yeah, I was gonna say something else about that, oh so what what's even worse about it for a hockey uh fan like I think for the three of us was um i I don't know if I was watching a documentary or just a quick video of that game, but I remember watching uh, i I think they interviewed Al Michaels and uh he was a guy who uh commentated uh that game, and now he's doing Sunday night football um And they were interviewing him. He had the famous
1: countdown, right?
0: Yeah. Yep. He had the famous countdown. And then he said, do you believe in miracles? And then that's when he goes silent. Um, Anyway, they interviewed him. I think it may have been ESPN or MSNBC. uh, And uh, they asked him, you know, what do you think was so important about that game? And his answer was, that game is basically credited um, the United States getting into hockey like, um, at the the time, too, America, America. what's that?
1: That was, like, America's program's breakout game. Yeah,
0: so, basically, it introduced the sport of hockey to the United States, and it got exposure here, um, because the United States beat the Soviet Union, which was the best team in the tournament, and then we ended up winning gold in that, so, you know, it, it it shed light on the sport of hockey and how good we were and especially how great Herb Brooks was as a coach. Even though if you look at his professional career in the NHL, he wasn't that successful. Um, but he he credited it with that. And then when you watch Miracle on Ice, you in the intro, it mentions, you know, um, I think in the previous Olympics, there was a, a hostage situation with the. Uh, uh, israelis there's there was jimmy carter's I think that's term the summer the yeah. summer olympics yeah. in
1: georgia yeah. or i think
0: something like that. but basically what it, what it was trying to set up was morale was really low in the united states you know our economy was was not that great politics in general wasn't great life wasn't bad but certainly there were things to be stressing out about if you were an adult and what better way to escape that than a hockey game you know, mm-hmm. where the United States is in a tournament, and you're, and it was in Lake Placid as well. Um, so, it also was accredited not only with introducing hockey to the United States, but also kind of boosting morale here in the United States. Uh, once we won gold, you know, people rallied behind that as a country, and uh, you know, it, it grew and it started to grow from that point on, which I thought was really interesting. It's something you wouldn't think of. Yeah, and the
1: other thing to note about all that, too, is the Cold War was happening. And as far as the Cold War is concerned, there's no actual fighting. So, in essence, this hockey match between the Soviet Union and the United States, the two Cold War powers, was sort of a, a Cold War battle. You know, it was because there was no other fighting going on. This was sort of looked at at the time as like, you know you're the you're the victor here uh so you're the quasi victor of the cold war right now because yeah. there's there's no other battles to to dictate you know who's ahead
2: kind of thing yeah i guess it's fitting that it was fought on ice <laughs>
0: <laughs> there there's the go, dad i like that yeah. <laughs> yeah the hockey dad joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: But what yeah, about uh, you guys? What are some uh, of your, you know, yeah, I
1: was going to say, what are some of yours? I was going to throw one out, man. I was thinking about it and, um, I got to start at, uh, the beginning in the times union center in Albany, New York. At the time it was the Pepsi arena. Prior to my birth, it was the Knickerbocker arena and it was home to the Albany river rats. And, I got to say, some of my fondest early hockey memories, even just memories of of friends growing up and their parents, um, you know, taking care of myself and their own kids, uh, leaving that arena, not able to talk because I'm hyperactive and any way I could get energy out was awesome. And my friend's mom took me to this AHL arena where every five minutes a fight broke out and you're telling me a seven-year-old hyperactive kid that I can yell as loud as I want whenever I want, and everybody else is going to join in? Like, I was hooked. Uh, that's, I think, how I had my start. And, I, and as fitting as it is, as I was exiting that um, era of, of being a fan of hockey, I did have the opportunity with the rest of one of my youth hockey teams to play on that ice during... Ah, uh, the intermission, and we staged we staged a fight um, with all of with all of our teammates, and it, it lit up that arena almost like we were players. So, I mean, that's about as. And I actually ended up touching the Stanley Cup. I have a picture of the Stanley Cup in that arena. Um, they were previously owned by the Devils, but during the um, lockout, the Devils let their contract with this AHL team laps and who else to pick it up besides the canes uh they picked that contract up during the off season after their stanley cup um so they on opening night that year 2006 they brought that cup in i have a photo with it um i know that means i'll never win it but like i said playing on that ice (laughs) staging that fight and getting that reaction from that crowd um, that was essentially, that, that whole stadium holds my sort of Stanley Cup um, achievement, I would say. I'd have to start with the Pepsi Arena. That's how I knew it. That's not the original name, but the Pepsi Arena, now the Times Union Center in Albany, New York, um, has some of my fond. like I said, has some of my fondest, fondest early hockey memories. That's where I wanted to get kicked off with. <clears throat>
0: Not bad, man. I I actually remember um the game that you played at the uh, at the Times Union Center when uh, you um you guys uh, what was it? You uh, the fight that you had, yeah, the stage fight. Yeah. So me and Tim were there and, and we didn't know that was gonna happen. And this happened after was it the and first then- intermission or was it the second? Or Uh, was it like a half break? It
1: was the first intermission because we missed the first period of play to be down in the locker room and actually be dressed and everything.
0: That's right. Yeah. I remember because I was thinking like, why typically there's three periods, but there was only one break. So that, that makes sense now. Um, And I just remember when that happened, me and Tim just started going crazy because weren't you on the ice for that, Ann? And obviously, we were cheering for you to beat up somebody and you know as kids we didn't realize it was staged so we actually thought that you were fighting your own teammates and it's so we wild and
2: we and um so actually i'll tell you a first-hand
1: account down on that ice first of all the ice when you step on it is ripped up it is just absolutely it's like a. it's like looking at a desert and you see all those cracks basically those gouges so the ice is a mess um we're all young we we had a broken youth team uh, and i say broken because we had to sort of merge with another one we lost uh the healthy meat of our team to like the um the travel teams after that uh merger that we did um one of the goalies that night was actually the older brother of one of our players and He was one of our best players and his older brother never played hockey um so you can imagine the sight there but we all picked off we all picked a partner before we got out onto the ice and we all committed to fighting each other (laughs) and my partner and i uh we the way we ended up this the staging setup that we played out we ended up in the corner and and we were kind of like away from everybody and also facing away from them. So everybody went into the stage fight because we were all we all decided when they said one minute remaining, we were going to do it. We threw the last minute of play just to have the stage fight. And I think what happened is everybody maybe got embarrassed or shy and stopped after we got that initial reaction or maybe somebody came out and gathered everyone to bring them in. But my partner and I were still we we sage in the corner for a while, and eventually the mascot Rowdy the Rat comes over, and he goes,
2: "Come on, come on, boys, come on, break it up, let's go, we're getting off the
1: <laughs> <laughs> So, I I have an experience of making a mascot talk, but I don't think anyone besides me or my friend oh. um, really ha- had any uh, witness to it. <clears throat> <laughs>
0: Yeah, I I remember that game. That happened at the far end of the ice where we were at. Uh, And it was just, it was so funny to see. Because, so at this time, Andy was playing with, it was Bethlehem, right?
1: It was the merged one with with Troy. Yeah,
0: okay. All right. Um, So as kids, Tim and I would always go to Andy's games. uh, And where he played his home games was relatively close to our house. So it was kind of those things where your parents say, go ahead. You guys are going to the game. You know, you're going to watch your brother play. You're going to cheer for him. But me and Tim weren't really hockey fans. I mean, watching him cheer and play to us was let's go under the stands and see how many pucks are under there. Or, you know, we, we'd go around and they have this. So at the home arena that Andy played on in Bethlehem, they played at a, a at a YMCA facility that had an ice rink. Uh, which is also where the um, Bethlehem High School played, and they had this area where, on the far end by the scoreboard to the right. So if you're in the stands, if you just go, if you go down the steps and go all the way to the right, there's an area that just has a bunch of mats. It has a shed in there that stores other things, and the reason being is because when uh, the rink isn't there, they set that area up for you know whatever the case, maybe wrestling or whatever during the summer. And so me and Tim, I remember one game, we just, we just weren't interested in Andy's game. We, we just weren't enjoying it. And again, we at the time didn't like hockey, me and Tim. So we would try and entertain ourselves by doing what I said, like going under the stands. But this one time we saw that this gated area. So It was obviously gated off because they didn't want the public to go in there. But this time it was open and we were like, oh, man, you know, let's go in there and climb on some of the mats. And so we started climbing on some of the mats. And I forget who, but at one point the mat was up against, I want to say, like a wooden uh, fence that they had that was near the shed. And we put our weight on the mat to step over it. And we broke the, the wooden fence and we were like, Oh my gosh, we're going to get in so much trouble. We got to go back. So we frantically like tried to get out of the, the mats really quickly, but because they were set up uh, vertically and not horizontally, if you took a step and you put too much weight down, you would fall through because the the, the uh, mat couldn't hold your weight. And that's what happened. We ended up falling all the way to the bottom <laughs> as kids were like frantically like, Oh my gosh, we're going to get in so much trouble. We got to get out of here. So we ran back and we're in the stage or we, we go back to the stands and, you know, our mom was like, where the hell were you guys? You know, uh, I was worried sick about you. And we were like, uh, we, we are on the stands looking for pucks. There uh, wasn't any today though. <laughs> it's, it's just, it's really funny.
1: Oh my God. Uh, that is so hilarious to hear that, that side of, of uh, my games man and just for the record the three of us behave like that constantly like that's textbook all of us and so i probably if i even heard that after the game that story i would probably just burst into laughter
0: (laughs) sorry no you're good you're good the um the other thing too was is when mom would you know keep an eye on us and say okay boys you're sitting down you're watching this game you're not getting up and you're not going under the stands. You're not going to hang out in this area. Yeah. When we had to actually sit and watch the game, um, you know, a way that kids act out is just to be obnoxious and just make as many noise as we could. Well, Stampin'. yes, yeah, stamping. So that's exactly what we did. <laughs> the, the way that this the stands were set up is you sat on wooden benches, but the platforms under the benches to hold them were metal. So you could really make a lot of noise, especially, uh, you know, if if somebody scored or there was a big hit. So, yeah, me and Tim being as obnoxious as we are, as we were and as disinterested in, in the game as we were, um, no matter what was going on, we just started would stomp our feet so aggressively and just bang. They also had this. Uh, uh, this metal great looking uh uh, when you go all the way up to the top of the stands, the wall that's there isn't like a concrete wall. It's again, metal grading, just like the stands were. And we'd go up to that and we'd bang on it. And we'd be like, come on, let's do it. You know, and just be obnoxious and cheer. And people would give us looks in the stand and mom would frantically come up to us and go, what are you guys doing? So, and, and it's really funny because, you know, now I'm a huge hockey fan, Tim, not so much. Yeah, but it's just amazing that I, I did watch the dude, even Tim sport. has come far though. Yeah, he has. even
1: Tim will sit down and watch a game now. You know, and he'll learn players too from doing it. Yeah, but yeah, like, he knows you, you guys were totally, totally turned off. Yeah, just it, it was like a chore. It was, I mean, it was similar to that. Exactly. You, know, you know how mom was trying to lay it out. You, you didn't want to be there, but you were told to be and. Yeah, so, I mean, man. I wasn't, I wasn't playing at an NHL level, so I, I don't, I don't blame you for not enjoying. It. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. You weren't,
2: Andy? <laughs> I mean, and I, I felt like I was like... at time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, geez, now we gotta go watch Andy's sorry ass go play hockey,
0: right? Yeah, because his team, I mean, from A.K. my <laughs> learn
2: how to skate.
0: <laughs> <laughs> from my memory, your team wasn't really that good. Uh, and you were a very short man team. And from yeah. what I can remember, your goalie situation was just always up in the air. Like, Terrible. I don't know if you guys had a cancel game sometimes because you just didn't have a goalie. But I know that it was so hard for you guys to recruit a goalie. And we even... ultimately
1: folded because of the goalie thing. What, what happened was, is the guy who was our goalie for the longest time. Um, decided he didn't want to play goalie anymore. He wanted to be a defenseman. And I we I I don't even remember who like we had stand in. We had after he made that decision, we had maybe five to seven months of longevity. And then I think that was a it. it's kind of
0: sad actually
1: looking back on it now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, i I hear you on that. Um did you have an, any other, like, uh, experiences at the NHL level that you wanted to share in, or um, any other games or, or yeah, experiences a, you've had?
1: I'll do a quick one. I'll do another quick one. Neither you can go, or I think Greg hasn't gone in a while. But, uh, yeah, I was going to do – so I was either going to do MSG or the first uh, Hurricanes game that I saw and the first Hurricanes game that I... I'll do the Hurricanes. I'm a Hurricanes fan. Screw MSG. I'm not from New York. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, the first Hurricanes game I went to... So it was actually a birthday gift at the time of the girl... Oh No, I wasn't. This, the second time I went was a birthday gift at the time of the girl I was dating. The first time I went... How could I forget? was my 20th birthday. Um, you guys came down to pick me up. And that morning I had a calculus uh, two or three final, I think two, cause it was my first semester. So I had a final, I stayed up all night studying. Then I took the final at 7.45 AM. Uh, I came back to my dorm, I don't know, 9, 9.30, probably at least by 10 o'clock, had a quick like snack to eat. I texted you guys and I said, you know where I live? The doors unlocked. Um, and I just remember you guys. The, fir- the next thing I remember is being about seven to eight feet off the ground in the very corner of my dorm where, where my head was. And I remember looking down, and I think you and Tim were probably already pouring into the dorm, and mom and dad were like, um, you know, just like uh, uh, cautiously and, you know, respectively, like kind of pe- peering in and knocking. And I remember waking up and just kind of like, I'm not a morning person. I'm not a wake up person at all. But I just remember waking up. I think with like a smile on my face, just ready to like change. And we 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 went straight down to Raleigh at that point, probably like a four hour drive. I and mean, then kudos to you guys. You guys shot all the way through that drive in one day. Hmm. Yeah. We stayed I in a. The, yeah, I bet you do. My my apologies. <laughs> <laughs> But the, it wasn't yeah, a bad
0: drive, but you know, when you've already driven like 10 hours, it's to like get 10 there, and a just, half hours. From yeah. Home
1: to uh, and then it was like another four, four and a half, I think, to Raleigh from there. Um, but that was back when it was the RBC center. Yuri Tolustu was on that team. Uh, Cam Ward was on that team. Eric Stahl, I think, was still there. Tuomo Rutu, he was one of my favorite players at the time. Um, I think Chad LaRoche was still on the team. He was one of my favorite guys. Um, but anyways, Cam Ward had one of his one of his top 10 NHL saves in that game. They were wearing their alternates. That was when they first started doing the, uh, the black alternate jersey. Um, they went down, not early, but they went down early by one. And then eventually, I think by the second, they were down by two. So they had they had a bit of a comeback to make it was a close game there was somebody who was on a hat trick alert coming down the stretch stretch so I was ready you know I was at the at the ready with my hat to to get that off onto the ice didn't end up happening but um, I still watch that uh, games highlights from time to time because that ward save is, is seriously something else and um, it's one of my favorite experiences it was it was in two thousand eleven it was December fifteenth two thousand eleven and um, it was Carolina versus Vancouver uh, so just pop that into Google if you want to watch the save um, just watch the highlight videos and you'll eventually see the save but um, it was it was like a it was like sixteen thousand so it was a decent crowd they uh, 2009 was their last trip to the to the playoffs so they still had a following after that cup and that other run in 2009 um, and it was just a great game it, it was just a really good game like I said they they ended up uh, down in the hole 2-0 and they pulled back the comeback. Um, and once they came back from that 2-0 deficit I think it was 4-3 but they didn't really lose control of that game and it was my first game as a Carolina fan in Carolina um, I actually have only seen two games in Carolina, um, but they haven't lost. They didn't lose either of them. I saw them lose in New Jersey once.
0: <laughs> yeah, that that's nice. I uh, and funny enough, the New Jersey game that you uh, ended up losing that you mentioned was mom's birthday gift um, to yep to to go to New Jersey, the Prudential Center, and watch yep. uh, a game. So I remember that. It's actually funny. how And I that hate happens. to put you
1: on blast. I hate to put you on blast. But do you remember what you said to me as we were walking back to the car that night?
0: Um, no, I I don't. <clears throat>
1: okay, so for reference, Nick's birthday is in the. It's oh. on like it's in like the peak of summer. It's like yeah. right in the middle of summer. Yeah, and so we're on the way back. And, you know, I'm getting heckled that game. I think that game was back and forth, too. And that wasn't just, like, comeback, one comeback, which was the first game that I went to. I think that one had a few lead changes. And I so I was did. definitely, I, every time I was standing up, I was getting screamed at to yell down. And every time, you know, it was, it was a good game. It was a nice, like, New York City-type crowd, because it's New Jersey, it's near the city. Um, but, yeah, on the way back to the car, you're, like, you're just like reveling in that atmosphere, in that uh, just the just the post feeling of watching a good hockey game with no vested interest in the middle of the crowd, you know. And so you're pumped, man. You were jacked up. I'll, I'll never forget this. <laughs> Going back to the car and you're folding your hands and you go, man, I uh, I, I hope we get to go to a game for my birthday one day. <laughs> so I turned to you and I went. Um, I don't know how we're gonna do that. <laughs> it took you a second, but like, man, the depression that set set in after the
0: real. <laughs> well, the uh, the the funny thing too about that is, you know, you ended up yeah, hockey exactly. So it, real birthday. world scenario, you know, at the yeah. time you you couldn't Full predict circle. you couldn't predict a pandemic hitting and delaying the season to make it so that way I could have watched a game on my birthday, but lo and behold, 2020 was the year that anything and everything could happen. And it was the year that I could watch a game on my birthday. So, could, you know, yeah, couldn't hindsight continue, is 2020. Holy
1: shit. You could watch it. That was nuts.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, I'll share two stories uh really quickly. And I'll start with um my first ever Buffalo Sabres game. I hate to copy you, Andy, with, uh, you know, a first um, home game of the team that you uh, uh, you got it you got but yeah you always have to and and you know Buffalo is is definitely a city that's um, obviously lacked a, a a championship both the Buffalo Bills and the Buffalo Sabers and it's a, it's a city that I think if they were to win either or uh, that is just a city that's gonna you know it's gonna be Vancouver in twenty twenty or I'm sorry Vancouver in twenty eleven. On steroids. I mean that that city probably won't be. um, Yeah,
2: it's gonna burn to the ground.
0: Yeah, that's gonna burn (laughs) to the ground. Everything the um, (laughs) the city will burn. The every stadium and every rink will burn. It's gonna go crazy. But um, so we go to Buffalo and they're playing the Washington Capitals. And Buffalo at this point hasn't been eliminated from the playoffs. They're like, I want to say ten points back maybe even 12 points back from like a wild card spot. Uh, and what ends up happening is uh, I'm like thinking to myself, I'm like, man, if we can pull out a win here against the Capitals, you know, we could get back into the playoff fund. And, and, you know, if we just need to, we just need to start stringing some wins in and lo and behold, it it's a game that we got to see Alan Chovechkin in. So what was neat about that is Tim, our brother is a Capitals fan and, Um, I'm a, I'm a Sabres fan, obviously. So during warmups, Tim got to sit right down where the Capitals were warming up and, you know, see Alexander Ovechkin warm up, you know, uh, Tom Wilson, Nicholas Backstrom, all those guys. And then me, I had to go on the other end of the ice where the Sabres were playing. And I, uh, I, I actually, on my phone, I wrote a note. And I wrote it to Jeff Skinner because this was the year that he was he was on pace for like 40, 40 plus goals. It was it was his first season with us. So I just had on my phone a note that was zoomed in that he could see, like I I forgot what it said, but I think it was like uh, Jeff Skinner. You know, could I have a puck or something like that? I was just trying to get his attention. And, you know, obviously Mm -hmm. I'm watching Eichel warm up. I'm watching Sam Reinhart warm up. And, uh, you know, obviously the, the game then starts and uh, I think we go down early and uh, Alex Ovechkin scored a phenomenal goal on us. And, you know, I remember at the time, I'm just thinking like, holy crap. I know I'm a Sabres fan, but watching Ovechkin play in real life is something else. I mean, the TV does not show you how tall those guys are and how muscular right. they are. But when you're game like, is. yeah, exactly. And when you're 10 seats, 12 seats away from them, you really see how huge those guys are. Uh, and, and Rasmus um, who, you know, Buffalo Sabres fans don't necessarily like him, but I, I always enjoyed him. And, and you know, it's, it was sad to see him go, but I can understand why the Sabres traded him away. I liked him because he was one of our only physical defensemen that would just hit anybody, no matter who. You know, it, they would hit Sidney Crosby. He would hit, you know, a fourth liner, and there were so many uh, shifts where he hit or went after Ovechkin because the, they they uh, they have the last change because they were the home team, and so anytime Ovechkin was on the ice, you could guarantee that Ristolainen was, and the two of them going after it was just a spectacle to watch because Ristolainen again is is pretty huge for his his. Uh, his counterpart in Ovechkin and he was not afraid to go after him. Anyway, the highlight of that game was uh, Sam Reinhardt ended up getting a a hat trick and it was off of of an empty net goal in our own defensive zone where he just backhands the puck to clear it and it goes in. And as soon as it was in the air, I knew it was going in. So what I did is I took my hat off and I bolted to the aisle. I run down the aisle as fast as I could. I take my hat, and by the time I throw it, the goal horn just started. So I was like the first hat on the ice. Nice. you know, then all the hats start pouring down after that. You know, the the the, uh, announcer, the home home arena announcer, uh, you know, says, you know, Sam Reinhardt scored a hat trick. Uh, You know, it's his twenty third goal of the season or whatever. And you know, it it was just a spectacle to watch because I'm I'm the only person who's seen a player on his team score a hat-trick nobody else has had from my memory um so that was just a, um that was my experience that I really enjoyed even though we obviously didn't make the playoffs that year and haven't um in a while and over a decade now but to me it was just a, a really fun game was uh, huge
1: yeah home no, the team hat-trick, hat-trick is huge man that really is
0: yeah. I did two was...
1: the two canes games I went to, the, the first one had one guy on hat trick alert and the second one had two guys. And the second game I went to, I brought two hats. I brought my hat to throw and my hat to keep. So I was ready yeah. to throw two hats for two different hat tricks. Yeah. But, but, alas, I didn't get to check that one off. That's a nice one, man.
0: Yeah. I um I obviously have since replaced that hat. So, you know, I'll have another one in case if I go to another Sabres game while I'm out in Cortland, which is kind of the halfway point from Albany to Buffalo. So it's about a two and a half drive, two hour drive from now. So, you know, when the season starts, I could go out with another hat and possibly see another hat trick. But, um, but that was, that was one of my experiences about, uh, you know, just the best experience I've had at a at an arena at an NHL level. Um, Greg, do you have any other ones as well? I I got another one to share, but I'll I'll let you go uh, just because, you know, you haven't spoken in a while. Uh, Do you have any?
2: Yeah, I do, actually. I mean, uh, Andy talking about his very first, like, overall professional hockey game experience. And, um, you know, I really remember mine pretty vividly. It was – An AHL game here in Syracuse. Uh, The Crunch here, who at the time were affiliated with Columbus. Um, You know, my dad um, got tickets from a buddy of his. And, um, you know, we went to the game. They were, the Crunch were playing the San Antonio Rampage. Who actually went away for a while in the uh AHL but have recently come back. So um yeah, they played the rampage and uh I remember the final score, the the crunch lost six to three. So um, you know, it wasn't a it wasn't a result that we wanted as uh local fans but um just being there watching professional hockey for the first time was like absolutely electric and that's actually what convinced my dad to let me play hockey as a kid so um you know I I actually went to my parents to, um, you know, ask if I could play hockey when I was like seven years old, but after my dad and I went to that, that one game here in Syracuse, which, you know, ended up being a loss for the team that we were rooting for, um, he was like, I need more of this in my life. You know, and um that's when he actually gave me the uh green light to go ahead and start playing hockey. And that's really what got me started, you know, as a player. Um, I did a bunch of camps the following summer and um Yeah, I played my first season of hockey when I was 11 years old, but that game really was, like, the turning point for um, basically, you know, our entire immediate family, like, really getting involved in hockey and stuff. And, you know, like I mentioned earlier, we, um, like, my – my dad is the team dentist of, uh, um, the Syracuse crunch currently. And, um, you know, we've had season tickets and been going to the games there for like the last 10 to 15 years now. So, um, yeah, that was a really cool experience for me personally. And, you know, that obviously launched me playing and just really got us, like, head over heels in love with hockey. So that was an awesome experience.
0: One, one question I have for you, Greg, is because it was the Crunch, and that's the Tampa affiliate uh, in the AHL, did you ever see Vasilevsky play? Or was he just drafted and then automatically on their roster? Because I know that you've watched a lot of minor league games, and there's, I think it's goalies specifically that you kind of scout out. And uh, you know, I know we mentioned it on a previous podcast, Andy, but Greg was the one who, who, three years prior to Nadelkovic, um his debut in the NHL, Greg was the one yes, who told sir. you like. This you gotta watch out for this guy. Like he, he's gonna be yes, he's in your sir. farm system. So my question to you, Greg, is what did Vessel did Vasilevsky play with the crunch at all? Or again, was he just automatically on the Tampa Bay roster?
2: No, he actually did have a uh, brief stint, you know, not surprising, with the crunch here in Syracuse. And um you know played some games here or there by that time you know he was already hyped up i mean he spent a lot of time in the k in the khl playing and like everybody knew when he came over to north america it was a matter of when not if he was going to be tampa starter um because he was you know such an elite prospect Um, But yeah, I did see him here for a little bit. And, you know, he, he actually played um, the, they, um, the Crunch played a game in the uh, Carrier Dome, which was like a big deal. It was like the biggest crowd in AHL history. And I was at that game, which was really cool in and of itself to bring up another experience. Um, but yeah, Vasilevsky played that game and spent some time with the crunch. Um, that just happened to fall during it, but yeah, I knew right then and there like this guy's here now, but he's not going to be here very long. Like he's going up and he's staying there, and he's going to be one of the best goalies in the league. And honestly, with the way he's playing right now, like he might be one of the best goalies of all time. So, yeah, that's like really cool to, you know, look back on and be like, that guy was playing in my backyard, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. And
2: um, I got the same sense when uh, Kucherov was here. He actually only played, like, he opened up uh, here during a season, I can't remember which year it was. I mean it was probably the year that he was called up and because he never came back, obviously. But um he he didn't have nearly as much hype as Vasilevsky did. But I remember Kucherov they opened the season on the road for like the first three or four games. And You know, he was obviously lighting it up. He scored a hat trick in, like, his second game, I want to say. And then uh, the first game I got to see him here in Syracuse at the home opener, he scored another hat trick. And, you know, he probably got called up, like, maybe a week or two later. And then, you know, from then on, the rest is history. But, um Yeah. So it's kind of cool. Like looking back on it, like Nikita Kucherov was playing in my backyard, you know, like I said earlier.
0: So with Nikita Kucherov, I actually quickly went on NHL.com to look up his stats and you're right. He did not spend a lot of time in Syracuse. He had 17 games played 13 goals, 11 assists for 24 points. And that was 2013, 14, (laughs) um, and he was called up after that, obviously, and hadn't gone back down. So he was a huge part of that uh, Tampa team when they went to the Cup in 2015. That was kind of yeah. like his breakout year, I think.
2: Well, yeah, I, I remember he scored in his first NHL game on his first NHL shot. I believe it was against the Rangers. It was against Henrik okay. Lundqvist, actually. <laughs>
0: Good goalie wow, to have what your a first goalie goal to against. do that on. Yeah. yeah, yeah I was right? just going to say the kick <laughs> himself. Um, really quickly, I just wanted to also point out this stat. I don't know if you guys know much about uh, shooting percentages, but league average is around 9.5, sometimes 9.2, depending on the year. Yeah. I just looked at his Syracuse shooting but... percentage average, and it was 26%.
2: <laughs> what?
0: <laughs> yeah. Twenty exactly is that league
2: like i mean he netted at least two hat tricks yeah at least (laughs) yeah
0: i'll actually try and while we're on the same i'll I'll look up vasilevsky even though i'm not expecting five games
1: is that average that league average do you know if that's just offensive or skaters
0: so it is uh it's I I think it's just offensive, uh, but I, I would assume that I would assume that it's actually because right here it says a total of seven thousand five hundred seventy-seven goals were scored on eighty thousand fifty-four shots, so I would actually say that it's it's not just offensive players. That's everybody. Yeah, if you sh- overall, if you get a shot on that yeah. that, that that's going to go towards shooting percentage. So. Yeah, that's league averages, nine and a half, roughly. Nikita Kutrov had 26% when he played for um, the Crunch in his short stay with them. And then while I'm, while I'm on the uh, lightning here, I'll look up Vasilevsky just to see what his, uh, <coughs> his stats are. But it, that yeah, is so crazy. Awesome,
1: you saw some awesome players come up through that. Yeah. I remember... I mean, the only person for the River Rats that I can think of is Parise, Zach Parise. And I think he played the lockout season for us, and that was it. But I do remember, I wanted to mention this because I can't remember his name, but a few like years ago, there was that, uh, I forgot what year it was, maybe t- 2012, 20, maybe 2016, but I think it's 2012. Or um, 2014, I think it's 2014, it might be 2018, when Latvia almost <laughs> beat Canada, and that Latvian goalie was, it was just like a brick wall, like 50-something oh. saves.
2: Yeah, Krister's Goodlevskis. he played in Syracuse, yeah. Syracuse too.
1: Yeah, you saw him, did yeah. you see him like yeah, a month saw or him. something before the Olympics, or like the week or something? Yeah. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, you've seen a lot of a lot of great people live yeah, before they really hit. have. Tyler Johnson, I think, was another one that you guys
2: Yeah, Tyler saw. Johnson actually won the AHL MVP the year. Um the first I, I think it yeah, it, it was the first year that Tampa and Syracuse were affiliated, which if I remember correctly was the 2012-2013 season. Cause that was the year that I graduated high school gotcha. and um, you know, I went to a bunch of games and they actually made it to the Calder cup final that year. And um, you know, since we're there, that's actually another one of like the best atmospheres that I've ever been in was here in Syracuse during that Calder cup final run but especially the finals. We played um, Grand Rapids, who was affiliated with Detroit. And I think they're still together. That's still a thing. Um, But, yeah, like, the, I mean, I live in Syracuse, and the thought of, like, going to hockey games in June in, like, shorts and a T-shirt – was like insane, yeah. You no, know? like it's ninety degrees out, but then we're going into this hockey arena to you know.
1: It's almost um, like you're in Tampa during the regular season,
2: exactly. <laughs> yeah. Or or even in like December, honestly. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Right. But yeah. No. um, yeah, that was incredible. I remember um, the Crunch actually went down three zero in that series and like, we're like, Oh my God, we're going to lose this. We're going to get swept in the finals. This is awful. Um, and the finals had a two, three, two format and the crunch had home ice. So they lost the first two games on home ice. And then the next three were on the road and, you know, they lost game three, but then they won the next two to bring it back to Syracuse. So we were like, okay, if they're going to do this, they're going to do it here on home ice, you know, and we're going to get to watch it, which is awesome. And, you know, we had season tickets, so, you know, we were there. And, um, yeah, game six was like an electric, electric atmosphere. I mean, people – we got to the arena downtown by – I mean, the game started at like seven, I want to say, and we were there by like like four or five o'clock to like, I mean, people were tailgating a hockey game in Syracuse in June. It was insane. (laughs) So, um, you know, we were, you know, out there with friends and stuff. And then we went into the arena and the game was absolutely insane. Uh, from what I remember, um, you know, the Grand Rapids went up, but then the um, the Crunch battled back and ended up tying it late or maybe mid-third uh, period. And where we were sitting, the Crunch were shooting at our end. And so we saw, like, the game-tying goal go in with, I don't know, maybe eight minutes left in game six. And so like the crowd just went absolutely nuts. I mean, I was out there like hugging people that I didn't even know and stuff. And, um, unfortunately they couldn't close it out. Grand Rapids had a hell of a team at the time. Like looking back on it, they had, uh, Tomas Tatar was on that team. Um, you know, before he kind of fell off. I, I mean, I know he kind of fell off and burned out in the NHL. Right. right. Um, Gustav Nyquist, same deal. Uh, Peter Morazic, who I also have a personal vendetta against because of that game. And I'll tell you why, because in that game, <laughs> um, it was game six, you know, It was actually, I believe, right after the Crunch had just scored to tie it. He went behind the net to play a puck. And a Crunch player, like, came up to, like, seal off the boards to prevent him from, like, playing the puck, you know, around the boards to, you know, work a breakout out of the zone. And, like he might have brushed up against his shoulder. You know, the crunch player, like, went to avoid the contact after the puck got by him. And Mrazek laid out one of the worst, one of the absolute worst flops of all time. And the refs (laughs) bought it. And they called the goaltender (laughs) interference. And you know, Grand Rapids gets a power play and I believe they actually score on it to take the lead. And I just remember, like, I can't say it on the podcast. Like, I was screaming horrible, <laughs> horrible, <laughs> obscene, obscene things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Obscene uh, things uh, at the uh, officials uh, on the ice, <laughs> L- uh, Along with the whole crowd. And, you know, unfortunately you know the crunch weren't able to bring it back on that but that's really what that's really the straw that broke the camel's back you know metaphorically <laughs> speaking so i will never forgive peter morasic for that and that's why i hope he has a horrible <laughs> nhl career
0: <laughs> well i <laughs> well, he never made knew himself really like
2: a fool in that like when he got injured and david Ayers
1: had to play yeah, I don't know if yeah. you saw that clip, but he gets hit beyond the face-off circle. Like, exactly, Burton. Thank you.
0: Um, <laughs> so, looking at an article about that game, Greg, they had yeah. some pretty big names playing there. So, Yanni Gord was for yep. was part of the Crunch. He had two goals in that game. Um, Tyler Battuzzi had a goal in that game for the uh, for the Griffins, the Grand Rapids. Guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, and then another name that showed up that's not a big name but uh, Tomas Nozick who uh, yeah who played for Vegas and is now a, a Bruin he played in that game uh, I believe for the um, the Griffins
2: all right uh, So I guess I got to get over it with him since he's on the Bruins now
0: yeah exactly that's you got to put it past you at this point
2: yeah, but Peter Morazic's flop, I'm telling <laughs> you, dude, it 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 was right in front of us too. Like we sat right on that goal line where the Crunch shoot twice and where they were shooting in that third period. It was it was the worst flop I've ever seen.
0: <laughs> hold on, hold on though, Greg. Is that flop worse than his Joe Thornton punch? Have you seen that clip?
2: Oh yeah, it's it's
0: worse. It's worse than that okay. it, It's right, worse. Fair enough. I, I appreciate the clarity. I've
2: tried to find video of it, but you know it it's like a h l and yeah, know, I have a hard time like finding video files and stuff, but I'm telling you, dude, it's atrocious. And that's why I'll never forgive Peter Murazik for that. <laughs>
0: Well, I'm I'm actually glad you shared that story, Greg. Because <laughs> I did not know that about pre- Peter Mrazek. Me neither. I thought he was a likable guy, but
2: you no, know, he's, he's not. He's n- absolutely he's definitely not. not. He's definitely <laughs> not in my book anymore.
0: Um, I'll I'll quickly share a, a nice playoff experience. Uh, probably the best playoff experience I've ever had. Um, and you'll appreciate this one, Greg, because it, it was a Bruins game. Uh, so. My buddy Ryan, who I mentioned on the podcast before, huge Bruins fan, uh, just one day comes up and texts me and and, and says, "Do you do you want to go to a playoff game?" And this was shortly before the playoffs started. Typically, they started around like April twelfth or mid-April ish, and like April tenth, he reached out to me and was like, "Do you want to go to a playoff game?" And I'm like, "It's short notice, but I would die to be in TD Garden." you know, in the playoffs, especially against the Leafs. This was 2019. So this was, um, not round two, but for lack of a better term round two, because the previous year in 2018, you know, the, the Bruins beat the Leafs in seven games. So he's like, well, we can't do game one. Cause that's just, it's, it's too close to, to the date right now, but how about game two? And we looked at ticket prices and we, we got really, we got a really good price on the seats. Um, for where we sat, I thought. Uh, I don't remember the price of the ticket, but I, I remember just so vividly, like this is such a good price to be exactly where we were. We were 12 rows up from the ice and we were at the end uh, where the, obviously where the Bruins are shooting uh, on the, uh, Freddie Anderson. Um, and and the, I have so many memories, so I'll just go through them really quickly. The best memory I had is when we got there, uh, these Leafs fans were standing, or sitting rather, right up on the glass where Freddie Anderson is, is, uh, is playing, and they all had their beers up on the wall, and then finally the Bruins fans who had those seats went up to them, and they were like, yeah, these are our seats, so they left, and as they passed us, I don't know if Ryan engaged them, my friend Ryan engaged them, or if they engaged him, but... Words were said, not anything, you know, obscured or obscene like you were when, you know, Morazic <laughs> flopped, but uh, basically, I remember vividly him then yelling at him, Leafs in five, Leafs in five, and this was when Ooh. Toronto was up one nothing. they just won game one on the road, and they walk away, and I immediately turn to him, and I go, no way that Leafs are winning in five games, <laughs> not at all, uh, so that, that was memory number one. Number two was when Marchand scored the second goal of the game. He, it was it was like a partial two on one where the two on one started at the blue line because of a turnover, and Pasternak doesn't have a lot of time or space to really do anything, so he spins around with a backhanded pass to Marchand, who now has a wide open lane to to uh, skate towards on uh, Anderson, because I forget who the defenseman was, but he just went right up to to poster not giving him that lane. And he does the fake boot kick, you know, the fake boot kick. He deeks, opens up Anderson's five hole, and he and he shoots it in and it the crowd went nuts because there was about three minutes left in the first period. They're up to nothing. You know, things are going their way and the the crowd erupted and I have video footage of all of their goals that they scored that night and you if i were to scream anything a random quote you would you probably wouldn't even hear what i was saying because that place was so damn loud (laughs) uh and, and so that that was just an amazing experience um and then the third and final thing i wanted to mention was uh i don't know if you remember greg but Posternak had a huge hit on Muzzin in that game that uh, clipped Muzzin and and made him bleed. I was right in front of that. That hit was right in front of me. (laughs) And you know how in commercials, like uh, when they advertise NHL.TV or like big hits or, you know, best goals, all that stuff. They created a montage of big hits uh, for one of their ads. And that hit was featured in it. And I tell everybody whenever I was watching that game, my mom, Tim, friends I was with, I'd be like, if the camera angle was just slightly higher, you would have seen me, my friend Ryan, and his girlfriend at the time, Jules. You would have seen all three of us react to that hit if it was just tipped up a little bit yeah. higher. Um, but it's like that was that
2: uh, DiCaprio meme. You Know where, yeah, he's sitting in the chair, yes. like pointing at the TV. <laughs> that is exactly how I felt. That's me, that was me. Um, and and Kadri
0: got kicked out of that game, but it, it that's not a big note to uh to hint on because you know Kadri gets kicked out of a lot of games and he you know, gets
2: kicked also. out of every playoff series, yeah. So
0: I, <laughs> that Especially was a memory,
2: that team. was a memory, <laughs> but, yeah,
0: yeah, that was a memory, but you know, not not big because it's just. Common, uh, common occurrence for him. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, yeah, dude, that that was the best playoff experience I've ever had. It was just a wild game.
2: Yeah, I'm kind of dis- just I've never been to an NHL playoff game. Like it's, okay. it's on my bucket list, obviously. I mean, honestly, watching a game in every single NHL arena or venue. Is on my bucket list. I mean, I, if the Florida Panthers are still playing where they play, I'll go to a game there. I don't care. <laughs> I mean, that seems good, but like, you know, they they have no attendance whatsoever. but you know, I want to go to a game in every single NHL arena and um. You know, at some point, get to an NHL playoff game.
0: Yeah, I would highly right,
1: recommend right. it because I've been to a playoff game, and it's also been the Bruins. <laughs> um, I went to one of their games in two thousand, the two thousand seventeen playoff run. I actually went to the one. If anyone remembers, that listen, that's listening and, and watch this game. I was at the game when some one of the fans got a beach ball on the ice, and a ref snagged it and then stuffed it like in his shirt behind his back. It was like <laughs> skating around with this beach ball <laughs> on his shirt on his back. Was that also during in the that game. final? No, that was um that, that was that against was the, the first Senators. round. Yeah, it was the first round. It was a cheap ticket. It was in the nosebleeds. Oh, the, that game. So that event happened. That was memorable from it. That game. I was with my friend uh, from L.A. He was on a work rotation out in Boston and I had just moved here for my job. And so we saw someone who was blind at that game. That was a very emotionally moving event, seeing a blind person uh, in a playoff arena just to experience the atmosphere. Um a couple, like a year later, I went to another game with one of my coworkers in Boston. And then, actually, a couple months after that, my dad got me for Christmas that year tickets to go to a game in Boston. And they were good enough that I was on television. I ended up on TV. And I actually also caught a puck in that game, too, and gave it to some kids. So that was cool. Um, if anyone wants to talk about the Bruins, I'll open the floor up now because I got one more arena experience to talk about. And it's not a good one.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so I'll actually just quickly sum it up. I went to a regular season game as well. And this time the same friend Ryan, who's a big hockey fan, he always wanted me to go to games with him. Um because he's like the only friend of I'm the only friend of his that's just big into hockey. So we went to a game, we were on the third uh, row and Johan Larson lays out, I think it was Corrali or, or some fourth liner, I forget at the time, but it was a huge hit and I stand right up and mom and dad got a picture of me because they were watching the game of me standing up, reacting to that uh, and pointing with my hand uh, to, the, to the hit. So I've also been on TV as well, uh, well in, the, in TD Garden. So it's funny you mentioned that.
1: I was I was just in the background and because I had my Canes sweater on in the middle of a Bruins crowd, as soon as the scoreboard left, you could see where I was easily. Todd. but i do remember that photo nick you're like standing up by yourself <laughs> on yeah, mass
0: it's a, it's I'm like deal. an
1: iconic photo without really yes. being known you know
0: <laughs> <laughs> it could be a meme <laughs> it could be a meme
1: <laughs> yeah all right well you know what i'll just dig right into this here we go nashville smashville the Bridgestone Arena. It was uh, two, maybe three years ago. Actually, you know what? I have the rally towel from the game. Let me just tell you the exact date. All right, <laughs> October 12, twenty nineteen. So, right, it was the season when we when we uh, ended early for COVID. And it was the opening night. It's, it's actually a pretty decent towel that has like this motion sensor light at the end of it. So when they shut all the lights off and everyone's spinning them, that actually did look pretty cool. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> but I mean, in every NHL arena that I've been in, I have worn canes gear. And I've been to three games involving the canes. I've been to maybe five or six games not involving them. And at every single arena, people engage with it no matter what. Like, they see the Canes, they see that I'm in their arena without anybody in the fight, and they immediately, if they're at that level, they'll immediately just start talking hockey with you. And they'll they'll, they'll make a comment about the Canes' history or something about that. It's an engagement at some point, right? In Nashville, not a single person, I don't even know if they recognized the shirt I was wearing. Not a single person mentioned that I was a Canes fan, and everybody was looking at it. Um, the crowd and the the way that uh, just the traditions that this crowd has taken on, it just it's it's a very collegiate feel to it. Um, I feel bad for any visiting goalie that goes in there and doesn't post post a shutout because it's like every single goal they have this like long-winded civ chant that just is, and like they end up chanting the goalie's name with it they do this like raw raw," thing when they go on power plays i mean it is like the most it's almost like it's almost like a vegas show like it's almost like a reality television watching one of those games unfold and it's like this the the crowd is just so connected to the scoreboard there. It's it's not a crowd where where like you're you're winding down in the third and you 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 recognize, you know, sometimes fans recognize their team needs some level of a jolt. They need they need to engage. It's now like the fan, like the the players are are kind of hitting a wall during this game. And the fans will just randomly start chanting and they'll randomly start getting wild and riled up. And that just doesn't happen in Nashville. Like, I just feel like Nashville follows the PA system. And that's when they know to chant. That's the only time that they chant. Um, And it's, like I said, I just really, really got, I remember getting that collegiate vibe there. Um, I was visiting the area for work. So I actually went to that game left it and then just drove into work because the operation that I was uh, working on began at like 2 a.m., 3 (laughs) a.m. So um, maybe having that on the back end of it made me put me in a bad mood. But I don't know. I was ready. to. I think I was texting (laughs) you for that, Nick. I wasn't sure if I wanted to make the drive up to Nashville from where I was staying. It was going to be like a 35-minute drive or something and the The price or whatever. And I think I finally just said, I'm just going to pull the plug. I'm going to see this game. It was Nashville versus San Jose. I got there wicked early. I was playing Pokemon Go, admittedly, around Nashville prior to the game. Great place to play. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out, (laughs) Nice. Shout shout out, Pokemon Go. Um, No, anyways, I just remember I was hype. I was ready to be there. I was ready to be amongst the, the hockey community. I really, admittedly, I really enjoyed watching the Smashville um, movement, I'll call it, the Smashville movement when they were making decent playoff runs (laughs) movement at this point. Yeah, Yeah, Um, for sure. I was excited. And they were coming off that uh, Stanley Cup run, right? They, was it 2018? Or were they 2017?
2: They were 2017. Yeah, 2017.
1: Okay. But so but so anyways, it wasn't far removed from that. I don't think that they fell off right after that. Um, and so it was still like a, a decent I was ready to see a pretty decent franchise, right and it just it just didn't translate the way it did through the television during you know the pregame of that playoff run where they got the car out there and everybody's riled up. Um, you know that that translated nicely to to the viewer, but once you're there, like I said, it, it just they're fans, and they're, they're electric. I'll give them that. But it's just, um, it's it's like electricity without passion, kind of. That's, I think, the best way that I could phrase it. I, I was trying to chat people up. It was opening night. I was trying to chat people up. I was trying to, I mean, I was in the stands like two and a half hours early. I, I didn't think people, like normal people, with just an average vested interest in in the game that they're going to watch show up at that point you know and it was it was difficult having conversations like that with people but um no, to their credit it's you know they did have that playoff run so power to them keep going to your games keep cheering your team on in the way that in the way that you want to but me myself like i said uh, it it just it uh it, it wasn't my cup of tea yeah, but it was still an electric arena. It was full. It was a very full arena.
0: Yeah, I remember the twenty seventeen run very vividly because that crowd was just so loud every single game, and like each game yeah. they played, as they further got in, they would break the record for uh, on like the decimal scale for how yeah. loud they were. it was like, oh my gosh, if if this team wins uh, the cup against the Penguins, it's that crowd might the, the roof is actually gonna co- either collapse or shoot straight up in the air because yeah. it the, the place is gonna blow up with and erupt because of the noise. Um, I I do kind of miss that aspect of Nashville and as Andy was texting me this and after he kind of summarized all that I was disappointed to hear that that's kind of how Nashville um, was especially because on TV like I mentioned it was such an electric crowd to watch on tv and just hear them chant i mean they are very collegiate you know chants. but at the same time it was a way for the team to or way for the fans to rally around the team uh especially if they scored on the opponent because you know they had that whole chant uh that i forget how it goes but it's like murray 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 Murray, it's all your fault it's all your fault Yeah, there you go.
2: Murray. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They actually have a very similar chant here in Syracuse that they've been doing for like years. Ever since I started going to the games, which was probably back in like 2007. Like they do the chant of the opposing goalie's last name three different times. Okay. And, um, you know, like, actually, Marc-Andre Fleury got sent down to Wilkes-Barre from Pittsburgh when he was there, and he played in Syracuse. So I got to see him there.
1: Just stacking them on us.
2: Yeah. And... Uh, <laughs> You know, flurry was there. And so whenever the the uh, crunch scored on him, they'd be like, Flurry, 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 you suck.
1: <laughs>
2: like yeah. every goal. Yeah. Know? That's how and it was like, in
1: Nashville. That's exactly how it was.
2: Yep. And I remember uh Braden Holtby came down. For a game because he was like coming off an injury or something, like maybe. I mean, it's between five and 10 years ago. I mean, he has been in the league for a long time, but oh man, they lit him up. I think it was the first year that Tampa was here in Syracuse, and that team was really good. I mean, you had like Andre Pilat. Tyler Johnson, you know, on your first line. I can't remember who was with them. And I feel like I'm discrediting somebody by forgetting. But um, that team was nasty. And, you know, they lit up Holpe. And Holpe was getting pissed off because the crowd was, like, getting into it and stuff. And they actually ended up, like, pulling him. Because by that time, it was like five to nothing. And they were just lighting him up. Hopey was having a terrible game. One of my buddies was actually part of the ice crew at that time. And um, so he went on the ice during a commercial or radio break or whatever. To like sweep the ice and stuff. And, uh, you know, he threw a little chirp to Hopi. He was like, Hopi, you suck, buddy. And, you know, (laughs) he he got like all pissed off and stuff. And, you know, he was throwing curse words at him and stuff that I can't say on here. But kids
1: sweeping the ice (laughs) and he's chirping players.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it doesn't stop. I mean, when these players say that, like, oh, yeah, the chirping, it's it's relentless. Like it's no lie. Like you're getting an ice crew. You know, like it doesn't stop. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Um, But no, those are all good uh, shared experiences uh, we've had just, uh, you know, watching uh, different levels of, of hockey being played professionally um, and internationally as well. Uh, you know, I, I've definitely on my bucket list. I definitely want to hit like some major Canadian cities that have hockey teams, uh, as well as going to an international game, like you mentioned, and of any sport really. Um, I am glad I've had the opportunities that I've had, and I'm sure you guys are as well of all the experiences that you've, um, enjoyed and have experienced in real life because, you know, there are. They go by so fast. I mean, I remember that game two I was at felt like it was yesterday, but that was almost we're coming up to three years now almost Yeah. uh, and and time just flies by. So I just appreciate the experiences that I've had as well as um, the experiences that you guys had. Um, Greg, I'm actually kind of really jealous about the international experience. I didn't know that prior. Uh, Mm -hmm. I did not know you ever went to an international game. So. Um, You know, if you have anything else to add real quick, by all means, do so. Um, But, you know, I've definitely uh, enjoyed all the experiences that you guys shared, Um, Greg, especially you. You had a lot more than I thought you would. You had some great. uh, I've
2: been to a lot of games and, you know, I'll I'll toss this in. You know, as we're uh, wrapping up here, the first NHL game that I went to was actually a Buffalo Sabres game. Okay. Um, We saw them play at that time. They were the mighty ducks of Anaheim. And yes. it was the yes. year after they went to the Stanley cup final, but lost to the uh, New Jersey devils in 2003.
0: Was, oh, three. I was going to say four. But well, that was yeah. Tampa and Calgary. My bad. You're right.
2: Yeah. But, like, looking back on it, the jerseys in that matchup were Im- impeccable. Like, it, Fire. Buffalo was rocking Fire. Fire. the uh, red alternates that they had at oh. that time, oh, where they had the goat head. But, oh, yeah. The red jerseys had Dude. the uh, sabers going through the crest and obviously the mighty ducks of anaheim yeah one of like, the most iconic That's, Yeah. that
1: is my number 1 it's a lot of kids number ones paul korea yeah. one of my favorite players
2: yeah i saw paul korea that night oh my god dude who haven't you seen
0: <laughs> yeah really I'm starting at this to say you were though. at
2: the miracle on ice <laughs> 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 but yeah just like look at i mean i i think like anaheim blue the Sabres out of the water that night. I think it was like a six to two game. The Sabres ended up losing, but like looking back on it, those jerseys, the, the uh just the Jersey matchup was like a thing to behold. That's what I remember most from it. Honestly, is like I saw the Sabres in those red alternates when they yeah. were wearing black and red, which honestly, they should go back to. Yeah. Like, I agree. yeah maybe,
0: you know, something will change in the organization. Dude, I mean, the favor got to switch something up, honestly. Yeah, right? Yeah. Insanity. Definition of insanity. Doing the same thing over and over again.
2: Exactly. Change the
0: jerseys. Do something. And get the name. I mean, right. they
2: did, like, technically change the jerseys yeah. by going back to, like, royal, royal blue. blue. Yeah. But, like, the red and it's black not jerseys are incredible.
1: Those yeah. are awful. all right.
2: Profitable. The uh, Anaheim Mighty Ducks, those jerseys are incredible. I actually have both of those jerseys. And, like, I mean, I collect like hockey jerseys that I like. And I got a black uh, Sabres. I think they call it like a goat head, the, uh, the uh, goat head yeah. jersey. Um, I got a yeah. Black... You're right.
0: The the black and white ones that they had.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah yep. I got those a are black uh, Sabers Goathead head jersey, and then I also have a navy blue uh, Mighty Ducks of Anaheim jersey in my collection. So I usually wear those to like neutral sites. You know. <laughs> smart.
1: Nice. Yeah. Very. All right. Smart. Profit moment. There's going to be a winter classic with the Mighty Ducks, the Mighty Ducks unis, and the, the savers, the old retro savers, the black and reds, the Goatheads.
0: I'm all for that. I am all for that. Are you listening, <laughs> Batman? Batman, you better listen, buddy. <laughs> you hear us, <him>, Jerry? <laughs> what, are you scared, Jerry? <laughs> All right, Nick, I got
1: a I got a nice thing that we could close it off on, a little wrap okay. up thing, nice and yeah. easy. All right, guys, top three your next your top three NHL arenas
2: uh, on okay. your bucket list. So, you Greg, you're the guest. I was going to say, you. Greg, you're the guest. Go yep. ahead. All right, um, I haven't been to Vegas like ever. So, mm. and honestly, like that team is really good.
1: So you're it talking about Vancouver? Their
2: like, entire existence. So, like, I want to go see a game in Vegas, obviously. That's a good one. That's a good one. Um, I mean, I was in Toronto, but that was, like, for the, um, you know, World oh. Cup of Hockey. So it wasn't, mm-hmm. like, a Leafs game. Right. But, like, honestly, I'd like to go see the Leafs in Toronto, especially since they're supposed to be good, despite the fact that they can't get out of the first round. Largely, in fact, due to the fact that they always have to play my Bruins in the first round. (laughs) So, you know, I'll take a little jab at least, fans, there. Um, So those two, and then... Honestly... Probably, uh, I mean, Andy, you kind of sold me on the Nashville aspect. So I'd also go. like to see a game down in Nashville, you know, because okay. like, honestly, I mean, the team has kind of dipped since that Stanley Cup run. Yeah. But I feel like they're at, like, those fans still bring it, you know. Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. like their expectations are so high you know, cause they were just right there. Yeah. Not too long ago. And, uh, you know, I hear a lot of good things about touring around Nashville. So I would like to also see a game in Nashville. Okay. Interesting. Uh, I like that. Top my three. Commission check
1: whenever Nashville <laughs> great <laughs> ticket price. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you want to go Nick, next? You want to go? Okay, yeah, go, I can go, go if you got to think about
1: it still. So.
0: No, I, I got mine. I got mine. All right. Um, so I will say third, I want to go with, um, with Colorado. Um, I've always wanted to go and visit Colorado. I, I really like the scenery that's in that state. And, you know, if I were to spend a week there hiking and doing all that stuff, I would kill to go to a, an avalanche game. Um, watching McKinnon, watching McCarr in person, um, that would Landis be huge. Cog. Landis Cog, uh, of course, Mika <laughs> uh, <as laughs> Um, So I'd kill it to see all those guys play, and plus you're in the Mile High City. I would just love to experience that. Um, number two on the list is actually going to be a home team. It's not the Rangers, and obviously it's not the Sabres because I've been there. It's the New York Islanders. Um, I wish I had gone previously to Nassau Coliseum. Um, Just a quick uh, summary of of SUNY Cortland, the the college I'm in. 85%, I would say, this is just a random guess, 85% of the student um, population comes from Long Island. And I see tons of kids wearing New York Islanders shirts, uh, Uh, New York Islanders gear. And anytime I see it, I stop him real quick and I go, have you ever gone to a game? I've, I would love to go to a game, um, in long Island, especially the way that they treated Tavares after he left and went to the Leafs. Um, you know, they were doing all these chants, pajama boy. Um, who's your daddy when, when, uh, Anders Lee, um, you know, was, was the captain was named Captain after he left and, you know. Ryan and I have gone back and forth. I I always say that New York is the louder crowd of, you know, the Islanders specifically are louder than the Bruins uh, and he's like the no chance. So we always go back and forth, but I mean, either, or, you know, they're, they're really loud crowds and they're really passionate fans. So I would love to get that experience. And then uh, my number one has to be Winnipeg um, just due to the whiteout that they have during the playoffs um, the fans there are, are again, as passionate as well, um, and they're really well known for being loud and involved. Uh, and the whiteout aspect, I think, is just really cool. You don't really see that a lot in the NHL. You typically see it at like a football game where there's louder, where there's not louder crowds, but um, larger crowds. Obviously, they, you can fit more people in a in a football stadium than you can a rink. But it yeah. would you wouldn't even be able to tell the difference between the noise because Winnipeg is so loud. And um, they also have one of the smallest capacities uh, in the NHL. They have one, like, one of the lowest, I think it's around twelve thousand, but that crowd, wow. you wouldn't guess is twelve thousand. And a quick honorable mention to Montreal. I would I would kill to go to a Montreal game um, just for the kind of ritual aspect. And just the deeply rooted history in Montreal and the game of hockey that they share. So I, I think that would be a fun experience too. But that's just an honorable mention I have.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, you and I are definitely brothers, and everybody will know that by the end of my rundown. Um, <laughs> Greg, I will first off, I will reciprocate uh, me selling you. I'll, you sold me. Um, I think third on my list is going to be the Panthers. Um, Vanessa's uh, parents are down there and um, and so we'll probably end up being down in Florida regularly maybe sometime soon so uh, and then just the sheer fact that you say that they don't have the attendance maybe um, I could get you know closer seats to the ice I really really like uh, Huberto and um Barkov, I love watching those guys. I have high hopes for Florida. Um, you got you had a tough you know matchup in the first round this year, but like I said, I think we mentioned it when we discussed the end of this series was you have nothing to be ashamed of. You have nothing to beat yourself up about. Um, you know, you guys are just a team that is on the front end of beginning your playoff runs, and Tampa is is uh, a seasoned vet so um so yeah i would love to be able to be in that arena and maybe be a little bit more meticulous and focused um right at the ice level with players it'd be cool to sort of pretend to be a scout there uh, especially if it's like a dead crowd or uh, not much crowd number two is you know where uh, from here on nick and i are going to be overlapping i do want to go to montreal Uh, i loved watching their run going up this past playoff. I know they ended up losing the cup, but it was still one hell of a run. Um and it's an original six, obviously. I've actually been to MSG. I have seen a game there with my one of my college friends who was living in Manhattan at the time. I think we watched them play the Senators or something. It was a it was a pretty good game. It was a nice atmosphere. You're right in the middle of New York City and you can feel that in that arena. Um, and I feel like either Montreal or Toronto is probably Canada's version of that. Um, I, like, I like the Montreal Canadiens more than I like the Leafs, too. I think uh, that's the other pulling factor there. Oh, and you know what? It'd be funny to get a, a Kakaniemi. Uh, or what did what Trip? Trip Tracy posted a video yesterday on Instagram or the day before. It's Kakaniemi. so shout out trip tracy uh (laughs) but no i'd love to go that's number two number one for me is actually going to be the mile high city uh wow similar to yeah similar to you nick the to put it into perspective for you i think winnipeg was sort of your first outside team that you latched onto when the canes were going through their struggles when i was in college the Avalanche was the was the actual team that I on onto. I love Okay. I love their um their signification or their uh alarm or notice, their PA notice for when their power or for when their penalties end. It's yeah. the one up the water um, water Mario. Yeah, the one up Mario <laughs> uh tune so that I love that. Um yeah, for me it's I'm not huge on hiking I would say, but Uh, you know skiing I've been getting into lately and Mike one of my good friends from college is a snowboarder and him and his friends have gone out to Colorado to do that so to go out there and do that and knock out an NHL game um, would be epic for me and my honorable mention is going to be Winnipeg (laughs) because as I mentioned it's that was Nick's team that was Nick's you know first step of being fed up with a crappy NHL team being a fan of a really crappy NHL team and I think it was really the first step that put what needed to be put in place for us to be able to start this podcast it, mm-hmm. the open mix mind up to other teams other players and you just it, just opening that first door as a fan I think it really makes just looking at the entire league a lot easier you you just you just turn on whatever games on. You buy the NHL yep. subscription. You turn it on and you watch them, and you you just notice things that you just would have otherwise not. And so, because of that, and because of how electric they are, and and you know, as uh, Nick so lovingly reminds me, they have one heck of an American in net there. Uh, oh, so okay. I think that that's a really good, yeah. um, okay. honorable mention for me. <laughs>
0: We're definitely brothers because the reason why I branched out to the Jets was Sully Connor Halibut. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I cannot praise that guy enough. Any, uh, any opportunity I can, I, I praise him. And uh, I'm in an NHL group chat, and there's this one gigantic uh, Tampa fan. And, you know, he always goes off about how good Vasilevsky is. And, you know, me being the, the American homeboy just goes, you know, if you really look at their stats closely, ha- Conor Halibuck is know. almost a clone of Vasilevsky. It's just he doesn't yeah. have doesn't have the hardware that the hardware. Vasilevsky has. Right. But if, if you were to strip that away from Vasilevsky, it's a coin toss to be like, who's your number one goaltender? Who would you go with? Who would you build a team around? It is you can't go wrong. I mean, sure, Vasilevsky has, you know, maybe um, more highlight reel saves than Connor Halibuck, you know, but yeah, he he was a huge reason why I branched out to the Jets. Very nice. Yeah. yeah.
1: But uh but thanks for I mean, joining us,
0: Greg. That
2: yeah, no, no Greg. An we, awesome episode. we really yeah, appreciate thanks it. Thanks so much for having me. I had a really good time. And honestly, I didn't know that we got an honorable mention. Yeah, give it. I feel like Winnipeg is a good route to go for that because those fans are insane, you know. And especially like I didn't know that their capacity was so low, like twelve or thirteen thousand. Nick said, yeah. And like when you watch a playoff game in Winnipeg, in, uh, Winnipeg, like. You wouldn't guess that all that noise has come from, you know. It looks like the Super 13, Bowl. 13,000 people. Yeah, it it does look like the Super Bowl, honestly. You know, so especially when they got that uh, whiteout going. I mean, yep. it's just insane to watch a game on TV that's there. Right. I can't imagine what it's like to, you know, be in the stands. So correct. So to summarize, Winnipeg Nick will take his uh commission checks <laughs> in yeah, court yep.
1: and Nashville,
0: I'll take mine in mass. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah. That would be much appreciated, uh Kevin Cheveldeoff, GM of the uh Winnipeg Jets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh All right. you know, again, we appreciate it, Greg. We appreciate you coming on. This has been a great episode, good discussion. Uh, I just wanted to mention to everybody that the NHL regular season starts October 12th, which is a Tuesday. Um, I don't know about you guys, I'm sure you know, but um I'm I just I I'm eagerly waiting for this. I, I I'm like you know how sometimes when you sit in class and you kind of just Yeah. It, it's just like I'm so ant antsupped about it. Um, I'm eager for it, and I, I can't keep waiting. At this point, it's like, can we just start it now? Forget the preseason. Nobody gives a damn about them. Uh, just <laughs> yeah, just about play that. right now. Uh, but yeah, that, that's yeah, this isn't
1: the it, NFL. We have 82 games that we're going to play.
0: Yeah, start, seriously. So, yeah. We're, <laughs> not, we're not playing one game a week. We're playing like three, four games a week
2: sometimes. Yes, but I've got my uh, ESPN Plus subscription, so right. I'm ready to go. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I might buy the bundle for that because they're gonna they're gonna bundle like Hulu and Disney. You, I did
1: that. Nick. You can you can have mine.
0: Oh, okay. Well, could we yeah. watch games at the same time though? You think or? Yeah, uh, we'll find out. Yeah, we'll find out. But other than that, yeah, games start the twelfth. So look out for Seattle this season. Um, you know, look out yeah. for some other teams like Florida. That's really improved. I'm I'm excited to see how. Teams have do after their off season. Uh, You know, we did our our last episode was talking the normal divisions, the normal divisions, and how we think they're going to stack up. So we're really excited to have that come back, as well as just hockey in general. Um, So we hope you guys are watching when the season starts. And uh, you know, without further ado, uh, right now would be a good time to peace out. Peace out. out.
1: (laughs) Peace out. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs>